It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole, and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. Well, Angie, I want to spend a few minutes on today's show talking about millennials and some of the upgrades that they don't want you to make to your home if you're going to be selling it to them in the near future. And I thought we could walk through this list that I found, see if you agree with them. Are we seeing these preferences in our area as well? And uh, see what we can uncover here. That sound good to you? That sounds like a plan. Let's do it. First one is over-the-top landscaping. I guess this comes down to maintenance. They don't want to have to maintain. I mean, yeah. who, who doesn't want the the view or the picture of you know that really well landscaped yard? But yeah, you know, kind of I, I get it though. I, I love a beautiful yard, but unless I have the means to pay for someone to do it, everything would die on me. So, <laughs> um, so maintaining that yard and that beautiful, you know, over the top landscaping might not be, you know the millennial might not be in the position to do so. And also just the time and the, you know, it takes and your your time investment into something like that. I, I feel like, you know, kind of a, well, more seasoned generation prefers more of the over-the-top landscaping because they have the time to enjoy, you know, getting out there and, you know, pulling the leads, pruning, all that good stuff. And that's something they might enjoy a little bit more than the millennial would. And this is not millennials across the board but you know i i can see how this would be true for them yeah i think it makes sense you know we we bought our our home in raleigh last year and it's definitely more yard than we'd maintained before and so Uh you know it's been an adjustment and there was uh, a gorgeous garden in this home when we moved in but there was also a lot of interior work that we've been doing and working on so we haven't been able to really keep up with the garden area oh, as much. Oh, I hope the sellers aren't listening. Oh, yeah. Well, d- no, no <laughs> don't, don't worry. We're, we're going to revitalize okay, the, the okay. garden. And I mean, we it looked beautiful this summer. It's just got a little overgrown and, you know, just right. it, it's going to need a little bit of elbow grease to get it back to the, its former glory. Yep, so yep. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll spend that now that we've kind of, you know, finished some of the fixes in the inside of the house and got some paint on the walls and, you know, made it our own uh, as everybody does when they get a home it's i believe now we're ready to start focusing on the outside but we enjoy it we uh connie and i call it our chip and joanna sunday afternoons oh cute we I go out it. there and she's she's mo and, and she loves to mow so i'm like go for it <laughs> so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's mowing i'm weed whacking and and you know blowing the blowing the decks off and all that kind of stuff and we're spreading out you know uh soil and and grass and seeding and you know all the good stuff and you know, it takes a couple hours, but it's a lot of fun. Get some outdoors. And so it's something we've actually found enjoyment. You've, you've really enjoyed. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, and, and many of us do, but I do feel like probably the average millennial, you know, is just more on the go, you know, busy lifestyles, you know, they don't take the time to kind of sit back and breathe in that fresh air and enjoy the outdoors of upkeeping, you know, their landscaping. 
Yeah, yeah. But so I can see why that's definitely a challenge for uh, some folks. You want to make the outside of your house as appealing as possible, but in doing so, you can create more maintenance for the next buyer, and that that's can true. be a detractor for some that's, people. So Yeah, very true. Good to evaluate that. If somebody's trying to make it more attractive, Angie, are there some easy landscaping things people can do? I mean, is it more so focused right around the home, just right over that front curb appeal or the front yeah, of the house? Yeah, just, you know, some simple, you know, bushes, a tree. You know, I, I think the things that can be a little I don't know just uh, seem to be busy or a lot more added work will be the addition of all the flowers and things you have to you know prune and maintain you know but just putting in you know nice landscaping that really doesn't need work doesn't need to be watered you know I, I think that's the route to go you can also go to uh, you know a nursery or landscape or something like that and ask them what are low maintenance uh, plants, bushes, yes. uh, low maintenance options that I can choose. Exactly. They'll be able to help you out there. Uh, another, this one surprised me a little bit. A formal dining room is not really in demand among the millennial generation. They say, you yeah. know, if you don't have a formal dining room, don't go out of your way to try and, you know, make one and present one. You know, I do feel like at a certain size of a home, once we get to a certain size, it's really a must, though, just from a resale standpoint, even though it might never be used. But, you know, I agree with this, too. I just feel like this day and age, you know, especially millennials, they're not using that space like they used to. Um, I've seen a lot of millennials actually turn the formal dining room into more of an office or a playroom, you know, for their little ones, but not so much for a formal gathering for entertaining our uh, formal dining room is probably the prettiest room in the house. Is it? Yeah. yeah. You know, in our, we have one too, and ours is fabulous. But I mean, it's sad to say we might use it once or twice a year, you know, when we host Christmas or something like yeah. that. But, I, you know, I, I feel like the baby boomers, you know, that was a space they used. I remember growing up, going to my grandparents' house every single weekend, you know, my grandmother, she would cook, you know, dinner for us or lunch for us, and we would sit in the formal dining room. I mean, this was a weekly thing. But now, you know, like I said, we might use ours once or twice a year. Yeah, I, I like eating in the formal in the formal dining room. I think it's 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 fun. It forces you to talk to one another, you know, all the good stuff. But I am a baby boomer at heart, probably. So I, I was going to say you're throwing <laughs> off these numbers and you are a millennial, right? And you're totally like Big skewing time. everything right now. Yep. Yeah, uh, I will say we love eating the casual dinners, too, though. Don't get me wrong. We'll, we're eating we're eating on the porch almost every night or, you know, kicking back in the uh, on the couch in the living room, too. But it's fun yeah. to every once in a while we, get back in that dining room and change it up sure a bit, you know? yeah and we i mean we have like a eat-in kitchen area and also like a bar countertop so you know we're always we're in the kitchen and eating together but it's not you know separated like our formal dining room is truly separated from the kitchen and it's well like, that's it's a great fancier. point though that, that and has, i'd mess up my place settings i don't want to do that yeah, there <laughs> they're on the table it's that's decorated actually a really nicely. good point though of one trend that does seem to have really popped up over the years has been eating in the kitchen Eat, for yes. sure not all but many especially most of the new builds i tend to find that they now have an eating kitchen so it's a designated area with a smaller space for a you know a table um maybe you know enough space to put four to six chairs, something smaller, or also like an island with a bar countertop. You know, that's been something that has really been a trend, you know, this day and age with the new builds, because, you know, people can kind of hang out while one person's cooking, others can hang out in that kitchen area. Yeah, I mean, I know I've enjoyed that kind of setup. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So that's the uh, another big one there, the formal dining room. Interesting debate if you're looking to uh, you know, create one in your home may not be necessary depending on who you're marketing to. Great question to ask a realtor 
like Angie Cole. If you're just tuning into the show, we're talking to Angie Cole of A. Cole Realty. This is the Savvy Realtor Radio Show, helping you in the triangle better prepare for uh, selling or buying your next home. Something else millennials say they don't want in terms of upgrades, Angie, uh, is a designated floor plan. What Now, I, some people are probably don't really know what a designated floor plan is in the first place. Yeah, I, w- I was going to um, say, to me, a designated floor plan is the opposite of being open. Okay. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so I, I would, the way I read this would be, you know, older homes, they really had uh, more of designated room spaces. Like they are more blocked off. And so here's our living room. Here's our dining room. Here's our formal living room. Here's our kitchen. And there was, you know, a designated wall in between all these spaces. Well, well, this day and age, you know, the, the newer build homes, they're going towards the open concept. And I feel like millennials, you know, that's what they want because because they enjoy entertaining, having friends, having family over where they can see everyone at once. Someone can be in the kitchen while they still hang out with others in the living room. So it's that open concept that I feel like most millennials prefer versus more of the traditional style floor plan. Yeah, I think you're exactly right there, Angie. That's a, an easy one to talk about for sure. Uh, for a while, I feel like open floor plans have been the way to go in most people's minds, especially millennial generation for sure. Uh, brand new carpeting is something else millennials say, you know what, don't bother putting in brand new carpeting because they prefer the hardwoods these days. You know what, I I agree, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here because with preferring hardwoods 100%. Everyone, these this day and age, they want the hardwoods. You know, millennials and, you know, other, you know, generations. So I wouldn't say that's just millennials wanting that. Um, but I tend to find that millennials, most of all, are definitely nitpicky in regards to wanting something move-in ready. And so I would switch out your carpet. If your carpet is dirty, if it's dingy, if it's not so much move-in ready, I would still put in just a low builder grade carpet so it has that fresh look. And then that's up to the millennial, the new buyer, if they want to pull that up and install hardwoods. But I have worked many times with millennials who they walk in and just because the walls need to be repainted, they walk out. Or because there's dingy carpet, they can't look over it. So um, I I personally would actually suggest still installing new carpet uh, because they want something that's move-in ready. Yeah, it's a great point. And now if it's, there's a difference between like, okay, the bedroom has some older carpet in it. Let's just throw some nice, fresh new carpet in there because it's still appropriate to have carpet in a bedroom. And you may yeah. actually be taking a big risk putting like hardwoods in the bedroom. Some people may not like that uh, sure. style. But yeah. if it's like the entire first floor needs a new carpet, that might be the time to say, you know what? Maybe we should pick a different type of flooring. I 100% agree with you because once again, I mean, that can look like a big task for a buyer to take on. You know, when they're walking through a home, they start to point out all of the negatives instead of looking at the positives. And if all of a sudden it's, oh, flooring's going to cost me, you know, ten to $15,000 to redo all of this, now they might go on to the next home. So if it's a big space, you, it might be good to go ahead and put in that upgrade of hardwoods. But you also have to make sure that it makes sense as far as the money invested. Will you get that? Because hardwoods is one of those things that we all love. But the amount that it costs you to install, you might not get 100% of value back out of it. Oftentimes I say items like that are something for you to enjoy, but not necessarily put in and get 100% plus back on your return. Um, so be careful there. But that's where, you know, when I'm doing a walkthrough, I can give you the guidance on what we would su- suggest to improve and keep as is. Great point, Angie. Last but not least, millennials say they don't want you to upgrade things like memorabilia and game rooms. 
those are going out of style and they say to go digital now instead of showcasing you know stuff yeah, I do agree here. You know, we say, you know, maybe use those spaces for more of a theater room. But instead of, you know, showcasing your, you know, ping pong table or your arcade set, you know, those things are cool and they're neat to look at. But I, I just feel like millennials this day, you know, everything is really digital. It's online. They're using their phones. They're using their iPads. You know, they have these huge big screen TVs, which are probably more important to them versus, you know, those old school kind of arcade games that used to be part of a bonus or game room. <laughs> it is true. We've traded playing actual ping pong for just playing ping pong on the Wii. And it does take up a lot less uh, square footage to <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That have is the true. digital version of ping pong. Instead but, of, you know, a good old school ping pong game is, is a blast. It, so. it can't beat it. Yeah, it's <laughs> very true. Interesting to look at all of these different uh, preferences that millennials have or don't have when it comes to upgrading homes. And Angie, I know that these are just some of the things that you help people evaluate when they're, uh, one, looking to buy and you get this this exposure, but two, when you're helping sellers walk through these types of choices. I know when we sold our home with you guys, there were lots of things we were trying to decide on. Do we replace the hardwoods before we sell? Do we need to paint this? Do we need to do this to the outside? And, you know, there it was, it was great to get the feedback of, yes, let's change this. No, that's not as important. Right. Kind of running it through that filter is so important. It's all part of the selling process. Most definitely, you know, all too often... I get a call from a potential seller who says, we want you to come out here and meet with us for a listing presentation. But before doing so, we want to make sure we get our home perfect. We don't want you to come in until we're ready for you to truly do a walkthrough and it's perfect, just as we want it. And I, you know, I always tell them it's the complete opposite. Let us come in now, give you feedback on things we suggest that you improve, you change, things that we state should stay as is, because we want to give you that guidance so you're not wasting money in doing these type of improvements or upgrades that aren't needed. Because so often, you know, too many times I see where someone will go in and they just start upgrading to the max because they think that that's going to get them the highest, you know, price point, where that actually can hurt you. Because if you over-improve, then you are going to be the nicest, most expensive home in that block or in that neighborhood, and you won't get your money back out of it. So whenever you're thinking about selling your home, from the start, let us come in, do a walkthrough of your home, and give you feedback in its current condition, and then we can take it from there. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. 